Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast breakfast show ahead of the Scotland-Japan game, the final game in the Bezos Cup, the Autumn Series. Um, Gregor Townsend has named his 23-man squad with quite a few changes from the South Africa game. So it is David, Matt and Alan breaking bread. A little croissant and a costa for you, Alan. Yeah, hen up, hen up some of the old festive range, little Terry's chocolate orange like latte. Just a stand, just a standard extra large cappuccino for the big man. Starting your day with basically like a thousand calories of dessert. (laughs) How's your breakfast looking, Matt? Just uh, you know, pretty austere black coffee. Is is the Terry's chocolate orange an actual drink? It's a there's a Terry's chocolate orange hot chocolate with with light dairy swirl. I saw look real 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 strong. That does actually sound really delicious. Maybe yeah, not just, for breakfast, but it does just, sound really good. Yeah, just like a nice like two thirty three p.m. hit. <laughs> Matt's just having black coffee, like dry granola, like pouring over, <laughs> pouring over like the the share prices at the back of the FT. Such an austere start to a Friday morning. Yeah, I'm just buying crypto with my Costa hot chocolate. That's the dream. <laughs> we are not the same. You're, just like the, you're like the modern man. <laughs> um, but moving swiftly on from that and we will get on to talking about rugby in a second but just a quick word about our partnership with um, Match Pint which we've been working with through the whole autumn series get yourself onto the app store download the Match Pint app and play the Guinness Pint Predictor game you can predict the scores of all of the Autumn Nations Cup including Scotland versus Japan tomorrow and compete against us and other listeners to the pod in our league that's the thistle so for 350 people in there it's the largest league in scotland so get yourself in there and test your knowledge that's on the match pint app and if you get the scores right you win free pints of guinness so i don't know what there isn't to like about that so get yourself 
um, the Match Pine app and join us in our league. That's the League Thistle. Um, let's have a quick look back to kick things off. Um, obviously, South Africa fairly comfortably in the end beating Scotland last week at Murrayfield. Matt, you were there. Did you have a good day? Yeah, it was a great day. It was obviously the first time I've been back at Murrayfield. Saw that BT Murrayfield, sorry, uh, since COVID. And it was a be- beautiful day. Pe- people were in like t-shirt and sh- shorts. Some people, the weather was so good. Uh, it felt and- it felt really strange to be at Murrayfield. I think it was like early in the day. It was such like bright sunshine when usually yeah. you're used to like sort of dark, overcast, like freezing cold temperatures. It was really strange. No one talks about the positive sides of climate change. And maybe <laughs> nice day out in Murrayfield is, you know, it's the silver lining. We're probably only like 10 years away from that really good quality, like Scottish wine. When we start getting <laughs> really hot in the borders, it's going to be so good. But yeah, no, it was it was a great day out in, from that perspective. Um, I was sat behind some, some uh, really good-natured South Africa fans as well, um, which was a nice little bit to the, to the day. Uh, it's just just a shame about the actual rugby, which, yeah, I think that Scotland, although they were in the game for quite a while, you know, the, the points they did score were, well, the tries they scored were sort of, I suppose, kind of one-off plays. Um, the amount of mistakes we made was disappointing. Our discipline was really poor. Uh, and we just weren't able to, you know, it seemed as if the narrative in the week was, we're not going to play the same way the Lions played against South Africa, but from that 80 minutes, I, I, they couldn't get together whatever that was meant to be, which was pretty disappointing, really. And how much do you think, um, Alan, that, that those sort of mistakes and the discipline and everything that we know about was because of, I guess, Scotland's poor performance and how much of it was imposed by just South Africa being South Africa? Yeah, it makes of the two, I think. I think it ultimately... You look at sort of phases of the game in that sort of like first 20 minutes. Ultimately, we had a zero ball and probably had one of our best sort of defensive performances of the last sort of five years, I think, especially for a pack that's ultimately probably had more second string people in it than first string. They did a pretty unbelievable job to sort of keep, keep that Safa pack out. But then I think especially in the sort of second half, as South Africa sort of asserted themselves at the breakdown, and and then kind of off the back of that, Finn and once you had Finn and George Horn, Blair King or and Hogg on, there was just they just started to kind of chase the game a little bit. And I think one of the things we said last week is the one thing you just need to try and do is not get too far behind because I think once you start chasing the game against Africa, ultimately they just have the ability to just sort of grind you down and, and kind of bleed out those penalties, which is ultimately inevitably what happened. And we probably don't need to go over it in too much detail, but obviously there were some fairly high-profile and controversial selection choices. Matt, do you think Townsend got some things wrong getting prepped for South Africa? It's hard to say because I I just, as I said, it it was so difficult to see what so that what Scotland were trying to do. So you know, Haining had like a couple of carries, but in reality, I thought in defence he was fine, but didn't do much else. Matt Scott, apart from for the second hog try, wasn't really used in defense in an attack just because they didn't get any ball. And Rufus McLean had a couple of scraps to to feed off. Um, I think that you know in in those kind of games we don't have a lot of ball. You, it's easy to switch off, and and maybe Scott did for that 
the second um, Mpimpi try. And, you know, I couldn't help thinking that Watson, if he was starting, would have made a far bigger impact than Haney. It feels like Tune made three three big calls. I know we've had a bit of a debate this week about whether he was actively choosing to sort of rest players or whether he actually saw that as his sort of number one starting 15. And I'm still not 100% sure, but it does feel with the sort of Haining over Watson, Scott over Johnson, and no one ever confirmed that Johnson was injured. So I think if we assume that he wasn't, and then you've got McLean over Darcy, Blair and and um, and staying, and it feels like all three of those. You know, obviously, it's, it's hard. You don't know what the the other option would have ended up being like, but I don't think any of those three quite managed to do the job that Tooney wanted them to do. And I think, even specifically for Scott and McLean, I think both, whilst obviously both performing incredibly well at club level, were both clearly caught out for those tries, and were just sort of literally just half a second kind of off the pace or kind of held off a little bit too long and ultimately you've ended up with Mpimpi scoring two tries and I guess that's just kind of like what South Africa do right that is what South Africa do and um, well it won't be too long we get to play them again at the World Cup obviously joined with um, with Ireland in that group as well I mean I think it was last week last week when we were doing the match point predictions Alan you said there was two teams that Scotland can't handle and it's Ireland and South Africa and we are literally going to have to handle them if we're going to make the make out of the group of the World Cup. He said three. I would still put the All Blacks in there. I don't think Scotland yeah. can quite handle New Zealand yet. They can handle them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, you know, we've. I think, you know, that South Africa game, I think ultimately if you'd sort of transported Ireland in, in, in instead, uh, you know, that, that game probably wouldn't be far off sort of a typical Scotland v the Ireland match, right? Ireland just seemed to have the ability to, especially sort of the second half, kind of squeeze squeeze Scotland sort of out of the game. So, yeah, no, the prospect of a visit to the Aviva in uh, in February for the Six Nations is not uh, yeah. not one that I think they'll, they'll be relishing. But it's always a, always a good fixture. But why don't we focus on the big game that's coming up tomorrow? What has become quite a sort of like. Uh, famous fixture for Scotland over the last few years, Scotland versus Japan at BT Murrayfield on Saturday. There's been a number of changes made um, in uh, Gregor Townsend's starting 15 um, and on the bench. So I'll just take you through those now. Um, Jamie Batty comes in, um, joined by George Turner and Xander Ferguson in the front row. Second row, Scott Cummings is back from injury, joining Grant Gilchrist in that second row. Back row, Jamie Ritchie and Hamish Watson um, and then Josh Bayliss on debut, um, starting at number eight. Ali Price and Finn Russell retained at the halfback partnership. Sam Johnson returns at 12, partnering Chris Harrison and back three, returns to um, what it was for the first game, Duhan, Darcy and Stuart Hogg. A couple of interesting people on the bench, Dylan Richardson um, and Havan Sebastian on the bench, looking like they might make their debuts at the weekend as well. I mean, starting from that front row, obviously, Matt, the Scotland team got a little bit of a pasting um, by the two South African front rows last weekend. Do you think that's what's driven these changes? Possibly. I, I think it's that that number one shirt um, still trying to build a bit of depth. Um, so I, I think that's why Batty's coming in and just giving him a, him a start. Um, 
Yeah, I, f- I felt that Fagerson in particular had a pretty poor game against South Africa, both at the scrum and around the park where he was giving away quite a lot of penalties. And I think maybe just trying to force things a little bit in, in terms of trying to impose himself too much almost against that South African physicality. But, you know, I, qu- I quite like that front row. It's maybe a bit smaller um, at, the, at the one and two than than if you had a, a Schoen or, or a Sutherland. But, um, yeah, I think it's still pretty strong overall. Quite dynamic. Go in the park. Yeah, good in the loose as well, 100%. And how do you feel about, obviously, Alan Scott Cummings has come back from, I think it was a hand injury that he picked up, but that second row looks... Um, Look, sort of back to the sort of like the high high quality levels that we expect. He he makes a big a big difference there, doesn't he? Yeah, interesting that they've chosen to keep um, Gilchrist in instead of Skinner. I guess I imagine just Gilchrist being a bit of a, a bit of a line out leader probably just gave him sort of the edge over someone like Skinner, and I guess it's going to give you a bit more sort of optionality off the off the bench. But um, yeah, great to see Cummings back. It would have been so good to see him against sort of South Africa because I think I. I I still think he's got sort of a lot of um, room to grow and it would be, would have been great to see him kind of really up against, you know, ultimately what's probably the strongest kind of grouping of second rows in, in the world. Ever but, assembled. Um, yeah. Literally, literally, <laughs> ever, literally ever assembled. Um, I'm looking forward to some Scott coming sort of trademark lines off nine, just coming at absolute full, t- full tilt. Yeah, feels no, like he carries harder than anybody in that Scotland pack. Yeah, he just loves like an outside. He's like starting at the twelve channel and then just like coming in like so hard. Probably knocks it on like fifty percent of the time. But yeah, his I'm catch like, rate cool. is could yeah. be improved. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm all there for it. Um, <laughs> and then, are you excited about seeing Josh Bayliss at, at number eight? And what do you think he can bring, perhaps versus what we've seen from Matt Ferguson over the last few weeks? Do you know what? If I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, I haven't actually seen too much of Josh Josh Bayless. I heard a lot of good things. Clearly, been performing well in what is a pretty shocking Bath team. But I think kind of what we've some of the the um, rumours we've heard out of camp is actually within the Scotland setup. He's considered like a pretty impressive um, kind of athlete. And I actually probably a little bit less ball carrying, a little bit more sort of getting around the park and. Um, just general sort of kind of abrasiveness at the, in the ruck and in the tackle. But um, no, really keen to see what he's able to do. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, in terms of him not potentially being a ball player, like I, I could almost see him being a six or a, a seven, um, which which I think is is fine sometimes. And and Dylan Richardson's probably we will talk about. It, I'm sure is is probably in the same mold. Um, I suppose it's just a little bit of a shame that we don't have, we still don't seem to have like that big ball carrying number eight past Matt Fagerson. Um, and whilst I think Fagerson still has a lot of promise and I think showed up pretty well against South Africa, actually, like he still wasn't, he's still not quite big enough. It seems he wasn't getting any change out of that South African pack. Um, but no, I think he's a really good option across. I think he can play second row as well. So just adds like a nice bit of versatility to, to things as well. Are you saying it's time for one final call for Josh Strauss from Israel? Get him over. Tell it plays for Tel Aviv one time, one game, get him into Murrayfield the next. Just get that ball carrying kind of power in. 
It would be so good. <laughs> I'm all I'm all for it. Well, you got him, and then where's Cornell? Is Cornell? Try to remember now. Oh, I know he's like pro D isn't he? Is he? He went to Toulon, didn't he? And then was it? Yes, maybe it was Toulon because Cornell's yeah, still he's like in, he's in Toulon. He's like not that old a guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not thirty. That would be great if Cornell Dupree came back. Um, and then obviously Zach Mercer was the uh, oh, the great was, white was, hope was the guy who probably could have been like a I generally think could have been like a sixty seventy capper and he's 100%. just gonna you know he's getting paid like half a million Montpellier he's not having the worst life in the world to be fair yeah he's 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 doing okay um, <laughs> looking into the looking into the backline obviously been a few positional changes but Alan this is a, a pretty familiar Scotland backline is this. I guess, do you think that is Scotland's best backline? Sorry, just to roll it back a little bit. Just thinking about the potential World Rugby eligibility rules, I wonder whether that would open up Zach Mercer. I can't remember whether he does qualify through through family or not, or whether it was just based on the fact he was living in Scotland. Because ultimately, if the World Rugby rules do change, I wonder if he would then, having been long enough out of the England squad, become potentially eligible for Scotland. Maybe that's can you go tier do. one to tier one? I don't think you can def- I don't think they're ever going to define it as tier one versus like are they going to define teams as you're a tier one team and you're a tier two team mm-hmm. and then Fiji get a bunch of players and then become so good that they then become a tier one I almost think it'll just become too confusing and they'll just make a sort of blanket policy that if you've been out for three years which is difficult because as someone was saying to me the other day that potentially means that you could end up in a situation where Billy Vudapola could play for like Wales I think or uh, <laughs> which would be quite funny to be fair um, but yeah it's and, and as we were saying the other day it's, if the rules do come in potentially a bit of a disaster for Scotland you know ultimately I think people sort of like morally sort of like kind of understand the argument of wanting to have these especially sort of these ex-Polynesian players who've had a few caps in New Zealand playing for sort of Tonga, Samoa, Fiji but if you look at the sort of players that could then potentially line up for Tonga against will probably be Scotland in the World Cup oh yeah you could end up with a centre partnership of Lumape, Fekatoa and then like a back back three of Piatau with like Tia Vianu which uh, just, keep, just, just keep it the same. What I mean? Do you think Dodson's just like needs needs, needs to be a secret vote just so he can be like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> Dodson's hired a lobbying firm to to go to Dublin for World Rugby. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's difficult. Be I think this is Alan Gilpin's worked out that Scotland would be are going to be like detrimented by this, and he's pushing it through. <laughs> 4D chess. The Hagabis <laughs> retribution continues. And Alan yeah. Gilpin's sort of um, chaos theory against um, the boardroom in Murrayfield continues on. <laughs> um, but now, going back to your original question. Yes, the back line. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, again, I think we sort of discussed a little bit. This feels, I would say, like the strongest Scotland back line. I think ultimately you could probably make an argument for Darcy versus Carl Stain versus Blake Kinghorn, essentially versus Rufus McLean, depending on sort of what game plan you want to play. But it feels like that clearly that sort of 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 and 15 are all fairly settled. And I think that's why it was so surprising to see Sam Johnson not in the team last week and then not even sort of insinuate that he was potentially injured. So 
like I'm I'm happy to see us get a bit of consistency. I think it's you know, especially last week when you look at some of the issues that backline had in in the opening first half just trying to ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. To get a bit of fluidity, it was a real struggle at points. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, when we had ball in hand, we looked quite, we looked quite poor. Apart from the, obviously the moments when we scored that a couple of really amazing tries, but in terms of building phase play, particularly in the backs, it just never really, as a, yeah, as a, never got there at all. Say you got to sort of like break up process and outcome, and ultimately that first try, whilst the outcome was absolutely fucking beast, <laughs> the process was a complete shit show. It was, oh, it was a joke. Finn's and, kick when he kicked it, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Stop doing yeah. this!" I don't. He just tried the cross field kick, hadn't he? That had yes. gone out, I think. That was not the right decision at that time. <laughs> I appreciate, and I know some people would disagree, I appreciate that it ended up in a try, but I don't believe that the right sort of like statistical decision at that point <laughs> was to kick, which was a relatively sort of like flat kick to Duhan, and ultimately Duhan was actually pretty well covered. It's just he's like an absolute beast, so he managed to sort of um, kind of get a bit, kind of get his arms free from the from the first tackle. It was good to see um, how well Duhan played, because oh, God. obviously yeah. against um, South Africa and some of the Lions. He, he did struggle underneath that high ball. And I thought he was one of our be- best players under the high ball. And like whenever he got the ball, you could see South Africans were, you know, it was panic stations. They were like, this guy's an actual threat. I think they were almost surprised by quite how good he is. Because um, it kind of takes him back to, remember when, like when Dave Denton was playing for Scotland and at one point against South Africa, he carried and J.P. Peterson like mauled him into touch smashed him and then like rubbed his head in the dirt i think like there must be an element of that for those guys who've you know born in south africa but i feel like the south africa team were very respectful of of duhan on the day is there an argument to try and keep hoggy away from the high ball i think there should be that first one he dropped was when he he'd caught it was just I don't know, kind of summed up how what he's like under the high ball at the moment. He was that. I, I, was there, uh, is there a mitigating circumstances and he was in that patch of like really bright sunlight at that stage? Did he like just lose it? Well, yeah. Yeah, but after that, I'd say in that same bright bit of some sunlight, 
Matt Ferguson caught a lot of high balls and Finn caught a lot of high balls. Yeah, I know. I, I totally agree. I think there's. I think Hoggy is. It is the weakest part of his game, probably. And you know, he scored two tries. Overall, looked pretty decent. But as a fullback, you've got to be that sort of bomb disposal, don't you? Yeah. No, one hundred percent. It's. Um, it's just. I, I think every time a high ball goes up, and you sort of see Hoggy, and he sort of slows down, and he sort of really accelerates into it, and I've just got to the point where I have almost sort of zero faith in him being able to catch anything. Um, but yeah, it's uh, about to your point. His specifically for Scotland, I think more so than when he plays for Exeter, his his general sort of game is still incredibly strong. Mm. Yeah, um, and obviously, joint Darcy coming back in, we will expect his sort of um, brand of enthusiasm. Um, exciting to see, and they should get a little bit more ball and opportunity this weekend than they did. Against South Africa, going going on to the bench, obviously a little bit of a swap there. Rambo drops the bench. George Turner returned to starting at hooker. Um, what did you make of Rambo's performance last last weekend? I thought it felt, and it's not fair to put it all on you and Ashman, but it felt that when the lineout started to go really downhill, that sort of coincided with Rambo going off. Yeah, I think he he played pretty well. I thought that there were a few lineout malfunctions before Ashman came on, um, to be fair to him. But I thought that McAnally in, in the loose was was really, really good. Um, it's it's hard to tell with the lineup because it does seem like when Ashman's first throw that he overthrew, that the jumper wasn't as high as he should have been. So, you know, I, I wouldn't want to blame it entirely on him. Um, but then and a, a young guy who is making sort of his first, you know, a big appearance against South Africa when the first lineup goes wrong, I think it's very easy for your head to go a little bit. And it, it did kind of seem that was the case afterwards. Um, I, I still think that Turner is, is in pole position in that hooker shirt and seems to have sorted out his errors. So um, looking forward to seeing him actually get a, a decent shot this weekend. Absolutely. man. front row replacements, Pierce Sherman, we've seen quite a lot of him. Have you, Alan, have you been impressed with Showman's sort of ability to step up on the international stage? Yeah, I think he's he's been good without sort of like completely sort of um, you know blowing it up. I I think ultimately he's sort of come in showing that he is a completely sort of solid operator at international level, and is clearly now someone that we can like trust to be able to perform. Um, so yeah, I'm all right. And I'm I happy. guess. Um, Matt, you're a bit of a Scarlet's Ultra. What can we expect from um, young Yavan Sebastian? He looks like a hell of an athlete, right? Scarlet's Ultra and prop <laughs> expert. Um, yeah, those, those, are, those, are, those are your specialties. He is a tight head. So that is good because, you know, beyond Xander Fagerson, we are maybe struggling a little bit in that area. Um Obviously, I thought Kebble actually did reasonably well when he came on, um, but he's obviously moved away from uh, one to three, and that is just a big shift. Um, all, the only other thing I know about Javin Sebastian is he randomly did a season with Air back in the day um, when I think he was on like a partnership contract with with Glasgow. So, you know, he's finally come back to his roots. It's what this whole career's been been uh, leading aimed. up to this point yeah exactly so well yeah, front row we would expect he's going to get on 
Yeah, exactly. And fair play, we need we need depth in that area, so makes sense to try him out. I think. And he's been up against Gordy Reed in training, get him like prep for the big time. Well, yeah, but, and then Gord, but Gordy Reed played for Wasps at the weekend, last weekend. Oh, did he? Yeah, made his debut. Oh, nice. They've got. They seem to have so many injuries that they've had to get in Gordy Reed and even a couple of players from London Scottish on loan. So James Tyus was playing for them. Wow. Fair play. Great to, see, great to see a good man doing well. Yeah, fair play to Gordy. I think he was in the camp, just in, probably just doing that sort of specialty scrum work, I imagine. Sam Skinner, we probably don't need to cover off too much. The big one, Dylan Richardson named on the bench. The South Sea Sharks is Dylan Richardson. Alan, do we know much about Dylan other than what's sort of been written about him in the press? Yeah, to be fair, again, sort of similar to, well, I mean, even more so than sort of the Josh Bayless, ultimately, I haven't seen much of him play. I kind of get the sense that he's a little bit in sort of the um, Fraser Brown potentially sort of mould, so kind of covering that sort of hooker and flanker, but for him, I guess, different to Fraser Brown, he's predominantly a back row player. Um, but no, interested to see what he can do and, you know, ultimately... It's a little bit sort of um, kind of corporate, but keen to get him sort of locked into Scotland because actually, ultimately, there does seem to be quite a lot of South African fans who are quite disappointed that he's um, that he's heading across to Scotland. Good. Let's start some more like hostile online conversation with South African fans about Dylan yeah. Richardson. Happy to piss off the South African. Never really realised like how I don't know just sort of aggressive and parochial South African rugby fans are, but they're so sort of razzy. Quite fra- they're quite fragile. They're, they're, yeah. they're, it's all a bit weird. Did you, did yeah. you see one of their essay uh, rugby magazine um, was comparing Nick Berry to Jeffrey Epstein? Good. No? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, excuse me? How, how was he doing that? I need to look into it properly, <laughs> but... This is this is from Twitter, and quite a few people were sort of railing against it. But I think they've come out hard. They've also they released a video, and the title of it was "World Rugby Are Racists." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wait, what? I think, yeah, wow, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know where to go with that. It's been quite, it's been quite something watching this sort of the epic flame out since the Rassi verdict was sort of handed down. But just to finish off the the, the Scotland replacements. Um, We've gone for a 6-2 split, so George Horn and Blair Kinghorn, um, the two backs on on the bench, um, which obviously must mean that Kinghorn is covering 10, or I suppose Hogg also providing some 10 cover there. Um, so maybe we'll get to see some really weird combinations um, at the weekend. But um, it, is, it is a little bit what we talked about, where yeah. potentially... Kinghorn being able to cover that 10 option allows yeah. Scotland to shift to that 6-2, although ultimately Hastings can cover 15 as well. Um, just interesting that they've decided to deploy it in this match and not against South Africa where it feels like you, you'd want to do a 6-2, yeah. <laughs> I guess Japan have had a, have probably had a, I guess describes a little bit of a mixed mixed autumn. They got absolutely horsed by um, Ireland. Matt, what do you think we can expect from from this team? Yeah, well, I think they've had quite a few injuries in the past few weeks, um, including Leach, their captain, who's come back into the team. 
Um, and maybe that explains, I think he is obviously very important, and maybe that explains the Japan result and the fact that they only just beat Portugal last week. Um, I, I, you know, you look back to the fact that they gave the Lions a pretty good game recently, um, nar- narrowly lost to Australia, I suppose. Like, they're, they're maybe a lot, a, a lot better than the last few weeks is, has shown. Um, I, I, you know, I honestly don't know that much about the team, but I think Alan was saying that it's sort of half of the, the team that um, played in the 2019 World Cup against Scotland. So you can probably expect an attempt to play a pretty high tempo game, um, which in some ways suits Scotland, but in other ways, uh, you know, I'd, I'd almost rather that we picked a bigger team and tried to maybe slow the pace of the game down a little bit. Do you think the Scotland players will be feeling like this is their chance of redemption, or do you think there's sort of just too much time passed since um, since the, the World Cup? I'm trying to think who would have played in that. Um, I suppose yeah, there's been quite a lot of turnover since that 19 team from our, our side. Yeah, Ferguson, Cummings, Richie, Watson. Probably about close to half, or just over half. Yeah, yeah quite. It's John, it was Johnson and Harris in the centres as well. We thought. Yeah. Close to your back line. Yeah. All right, I take it back then. P- possibly. I I don't know. I, I just think that Scotland are in a... I, I get the sense that they're in a place now where they'll be confident about beating Japan at home. And they sh- I think they should feel confident about that. Absolutely. And are you feeling confident, Matt? Why don't you, t- why don't you kick us off in terms of predictions for the weekend? Um, what have you locked in on the Guinness Pint Predictor on Match Pint? I've gone by, I've gone Scotland by 20. Which, oh, punchy. Yeah. Hey, look, this is coming from the guy who got the Scotland and England games bang on perfect last week. Um, which, yeah, I, I agree, does feel punchy. But I think that the fact at home, we've got our best back line out, strong pack, and the fact that Japan haven't been playing that well recently. I think we have got more than enough to to beat them quite comfortably. And I think we're due a better performance from the Scotland team. I don't think we've seen the best of them this autumn. So hopefully they can pull it out of the bag. Alan, you're a negative guy. What are you thinking about it? Yeah, but only Mars neg- more negative than the match. I've gone for 15. Um, I, think, I think, you know, clearly obviously lost to Japan last time we played but I still think fundamentally Scotland are significantly sort of better team than Japan to to Matt's point we got hosed by Ireland appreciate a slightly different team but we're sort of unable to sort of put Portugal away last week and I think ultimately if this Scotland team does have any sort of ambitions of probably going further than what it's done previously then they need to be beating this Japan team at home by sort of a minimum of about 15 points. So I've gone for, yeah, 15. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone Scotland by 12, but I'm, I'm, I'm umming and nying now. Maybe I'll feel you've, you've actually convinced me a little bit there, Alan, the other, we need to be, we need to be doing more. So maybe I'll, I'll land on like 17 or something like that. Sort of, uh, uh, hedge my bets between, between you guys. And obviously if they do beat Japan, it'll be back to back drubbings for Japan after the women got a big win, um, on Sunday. Um, against Japan, which is good. Rona Lloyd um, and Chloe Rowley again showing their absolute wheels 
to score some good tries in the second half. And it looked like it was quite a good atmosphere down at the at the dam dam health um, at the back of uh, at the back of Murrayfield. So well done to the women um, at the weekend. Um, any other business, uh, chaps, or should we get get the day started? Let's get the day started. Josh Mackay has landed in Glasgow. Josh Mackay has landed in Glasgow. Oh yeah, he has. Yeah, and the former chief exec of was it, is it Carlsberg UK is now yeah. the is now the chief operating officer of the SRU. Yeah, yeah. Jink tenants are worried. <laughs> I think there'll be there'd be a riot if uh, Carlsberg was. I think the best thing about Murrayfield now is you can buy cans of tenants. It's not yeah. just draft like which i just think adds that that big yellow can adds to the atmosphere yeah the atmosphere <laughs> yeah, 100%. Also, yeah so- um, i found out something interesting at the weekend from the south african fans duhan is a different spelling of Dwayne. so duhan's name is Dwayne. what yeah they, they told me that they were like they can't they were like you scots can't pronounce his name i was like what do you mean they said yeah it's an alternative spelling of so how yeah. do, do they pronounce it, Dwayne? Yeah, they call him Dwayne. <laughs> do Duhan's just? I mean, he's clearly not corrected anyone. But Duhan does think that Murrayfield's called sold out BT Murrayfield. So <laughs> it is now, isn't it? I think I think it is officially called that. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Let's call that a day. Um, Alan, get yourself another. Get yourself another Costa. Treat yourself to that extra shot of caramel to get the day going. Um, everybody else, download the Matchpine app. Follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram, Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod, and get yourself subscribed to our um, newsletter as well. That's on Substack, the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. And uh, we will be with you throughout the weekend and back next week to review the autumn uh, series. Um, everybody, have a good day. Cheers. See ya. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.